praise and we thank him and thank him so much for this opportunity. Let us begin with prayer. Most gracious God, we thank you for this time. Thank you for all those who are joining us as we seek to learn of you through your word in the study of the life of David about overcoming fear with faith. We ask God that you continue to encourage our hearts and let us encourage others to share and to join in and to participate as we go through this wonderful theme and the wonderful personality of the person of David, the second king of Israel. Grant us these wishes uh, or petitions as we continue to intercede for others, those who are sick among us to shut in, and those who are not able to get out to worship service yet. But we thank God for this hybrid opportunity that we have. We thank you for the means of reaching each other in spite of the circumstances. And we pray all these blessings in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Lord, we thank you. We thank you so much this evening. We thank you for this opportunity, as I always say, a privilege just to know you and to share your word. Well, uh, kind of recapping a little bit, um, Elkanah, um, Hannah, uh, the family went up to Shiloh on a pilgrimage uh, on a yearly basis. And the first book of Samuel begins with the fact that uh, Hannah uh, you know, poured out her heart to the Lord because she wanted to have a child. And indeed, uh, she was blessed with a son, and his name was Samuel. And Hannah made the promise to God that he would be dedicated to the service of the Lord. How unselfish that was. Uh, she didn't want the son simply for herself, but in gratitude to God, uh, uh, had uh, Samuel raised in the temple by the uh, high priest uh, Eli. And so um, eventually Samuel became a powerful man, a prophet of God. And um, then as he grew older, um, his sons, he made his sons um, judges, um, you know, leaders uh, of the people. Well, they didn't work out too well. In fact, they, they were pretty rotten. And so the people approached Samuel, said, well, give us a king. Uh, your son 
hasn't worked out. Um, judges uh, in the past, we don't seem to, um, you know, to, to be a powerful people under them. Uh, many of them were just temporary. They could work for a time and that was it. Uh, so Samuel, in a long cautionary, uh, well, I guess he said it on many occasions, but uh, uh, cautionary speech uh, to the Israelite warn them that the pros and cons of having uh, a king, a, a king uh, will tax you, will have his uh, favorite people, give them power. They, some of them might very well abuse their powers. Samuel was looking at the, the, um, at the, at the reputation and legacy of kings in other, in other uh, countries, in other, in other groups. Um, and, and he saw the shortcomings and the pitfalls uh, that would come when they have a king. They saw the other side of it. They saw that, you know, they could be like other people and they could uh, have this mighty person that they could claim to be their king. And they'd be just like the other folks. Well, um, it worked out that, you know, God in his infinite wisdom see all of that. And sometimes, as you know, God give us what we want that we may find out the negatives about it, right? So they got selected uh, Saul, a wonderful young man, handsome, tall, popular, and everything else. And he turned out not to be a good leader, a good king, the first king of Israel. And God, for his disobedience, and we covered that last week, God got extremely upset with him and asked Samuel to go over to the house of Jesse and select someone after God's own heart that he might anoint to be king. And as we ended last week um, in chapter 15, verse 7, uh, we said, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not a man as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. So in spite of Saul good looks and everything else, uh, you know, that wasn't a person. Charisma is not necessarily leadership or definitely not the only thing that one may need in a good leader. Also, it was kind of preparing Samuel for something that a hey, uh, Saul 
David, the person that I'm going to choose, let you anoint from the house of Jesse, won't be another soul. That's a tendency that we tend to do. Uh, if something disappoints us, we tend to want to duplicate it in other ways, right? No, it's a, it may not be at all an extremely handsome uh, person and charismatic and popular. Although, interestingly, as we will see as we go along, David, in his own right, was wasn't uh, wasn't too bad looking at all, and uh, had his own charisma, and eventually uh, became extremely popular. Also, so now tonight, uh, as as we as we continue. Um, if you happen to have read those chapters of um, of First Samuel that I suggested, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, around there, you will see that um, Samuel uh, was sent to um, the house of Jesse. Uh, to look over his sons and to anoint the one that God would tell him, um, uh, you know, would be uh, the next king of Israel. And Jesse uh, brought out all, all, all his sons, and still yet something Samuel felt in his spirit. And he was correct that it wasn't any of these. Uh, I'm sure that Jesse, uh, David's father, was perplexed because these would be it would be one of those sons that uh, would be selected. So let's look at verse 19 of First Samuel, uh, chapter 16. Chapter 16 of First Samuel. Verse 19. So just before we get to that, and I kind of talked about that last week, that um, that um, when Samuel, the Spirit, didn't lead him to select, select any of um, uh, of Jesse's son, I and he asked Jesse, "Is, is there another son someplace?" He said, "Yeah, I have a little boy who tend to the sheep." And Samuel said, "Well, bring him out." And the Lord says, "This is the one. This is the one." So David was anointed. And by Saul, by Samuel, to be king of Israel. And like I pointed out last week, that at the same time that Saul was still on the throne, which makes a very interesting setup, and that would uh, we can discuss in the weeks to come. 
but some incidents starting tonight, as I said, verse 19 of 1 Samuel uh, chapter 16, that happened between Saul, the first king, and David, who eventually became the second king of Israel. Very, very key, very, very important. Tells us a lot about overcoming fear with faith. And um, it seemed like Samuel, not seemed like, definitely was, was someone who was uh, troubled in his spirit. Um, obviously had some mental issues. Uh, whether it was the responsibility of the job of being a king or that was just part of his personality uh, really seemed to have had some serious spells of depression. Uh, and uh, among his servants, um, they suggested to him that that he would send for David, and David, uh, they said, was a very uh, uh, powerful person, a very assertive person, someone who wasn't afraid, and, uh, you know, was very assertive, and as a matter of fact, um, he was a very accomplished musician also. And, and maybe he could play for you and uh, soothe your spirit, calm your nerves, and help your depression. Uh, if we look at verse 14 first of chapter 16, verse 14, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and, evil, and, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Uh, the, 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 the scripture tend to suggest that because Saul was not in alignment with God, you know, uh, he was subject to these spells of depressions and so forth. And it was quite obvious to the people around him. So um, verse 16 let our Lord now command thy servant which are before thee to seek out a man who is cunning, is a, who is a cunning player on an up. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. This is an interesting historical thing because uh, and as we know from secular history, music was often used to calm the nerves of people, to settle people's um, depression and so forth. And so what they're saying, well, let's get somebody here who could play music, play the harp, and uh, that um, it might quiet you down in your spirit. And this, this is a, all this come together, very interesting. Saul being disobedient to God, now being beset by depression, 
and a servant suggestion that they send for someone and as you would know as you would <laughs> would you know it the person would turn out to be david but the description that they gave about this person which of course uh, david would fit was a fearless person a person that was strong in their spirit now bear in mind that you're talking about a young teenager that's what david would be at this time a young teenager but that's a description of giving of him now, I'm, I'm sure that david wasn't the only young uh teenager who was you know who had a lot of bravado and who was very confident uh in it in themselves and so forth but obviously david fitted that description because if we look um, uh, at verse 17 uh, and saul said to his servants provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me then answered one of the servants and said Behold, I have seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning in plain, and a mighty valiant man, somebody without fear, a man of war. Those are the terms that they use, not literally war. You know, he he was just a, still a shepherd boy. Not a, not, not a soldier, not a warrior. Now what I want us to, to, to realize is that this is after Samuel had anointed him. And this is, uh, this is but he still remained a shepherd. He's still a young man. Years have been gone by, so to speak. And by, so, but he's known, in, he's known for, for being, having a strong personality, uh, David. So, um, is prudent in matters. He, he was smart for his age. He was mature for his age in some way, even though we're going to see later on that there's some things that challenge his maturity. A calmer person, a nice person to get along with. And the Lord is with him. That's perhaps the key to the whole thing. Uh, David, from the very beginning, is depicted as someone that had a, a great relationship with God. Amen. 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 I just want to refresh my screen here for a minute. If folks don't mind uh, it shouldn't affect your screen it should be all right so there i go okay now when wherefore saul and this is verse 19 and as i said keep going back to this i said this is important this section here of uh, chapter 16 verse 19 to 23 uh, one of our key passages for tonight. 
Wherefore Saul sent messages unto Jesse and said, See, he's still a very young man, and even though Saul was king, he still made a request through David's father, Jesse. Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. So he knew that he was a shepherd. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid, a young goat, and sent them by David, his son, unto Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly and became his armor bearer. So at the beginning, there is a kindredship uh, relationship, a good relationship between Saul and David. Saul from dispatches as well as David, but particularly Saul, uh, liked David. And um, he made him his armor bearer. Someone that would uh, be around him. And so, um, verse 22, And Saul sent to Jesus, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. So there's an additional thing. He said, well, it's all right for him to hang around me, so to say, uh, to be with me. But there's some interesting things that we're going to see as we go along. And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took an up and played with his hand so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Now, I'm not quite certain. I guess it's part of all of this that uh, David, being now a fix, so to speak, uh, armor bearer of Saul. Uh, still, still in, in, in many respects, or in some respect, was still at home. Or he just went back home after Saul became better. But whatever the story, we're going to see later on that the next big episode between uh, David and Saul is the story, the events around Goliath. So uh, even though he may have been his armor bearer, he obviously didn't stay in the palace all the, all the time. I must have gone back home because we have a scene coming up where David is taking food for his older brothers who was part of Saul's army. Uh, and the Philistine was uh, challenging them to battle and as the custom was sometimes these dispute and you know, or whatever was settled by uh, champions um, people uh, fighting it out not in, instead of the whole army and settling questions so here begins top to 
observatory inside out outside in up and down and everything else relationship between Saul and David Saul who as we would see as we go along as we go along who was subject to depression David who's braggadocious brags a lot assertive even to the extent that his brothers his older brother and others would get so very upset with him uh, overstepping his bound and acting like someone beyond his age uh, a great contrast of personalities so here's the thing Saul, as he will see from the very confrontation with the Philistine and Goliath, uh, exhibit models, Achaeus, along with the Israelites, along with even uh, David's brothers, fear. Fear. David a great believer in God to the extent that he had great fear of great faith in God uh, is a complete opposite so to speak of Saul as a matter of fact what he's told Saul and Saul said well you just you, you, you know you, you, you just barely you're just a kid Interesting, it was a kid that was playing for him that made him feel better. But he's just a kid, you know. This guy had been a warrior, Goliath, from he was young. And you're young, you haven't gone through, you don't have the experience in battle as he, as he has. Or can you be challenging him? Well, he's making a fool of it, the Israelites, he's, is jeering you all there you're being ridiculed and it's not so much that the israelites are being ridiculed alone is that you are making god look bad because of your fear of this giant and uh oh yes i had no no experience in battle never been in a war but this is while I'm out attack uh, my flock, uh, beer, you know, I go after them. I, 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 uh, there's a case where I even slew uh, with my sling, I shot uh, uh, a wild animal, a beer, while he had the sheep in his jaw so to speak so i'm not afraid the great faith that david is applying is a lesson to us and may, maybe one that we should keep for tonight very closely the kind of faith that david exhibited over fear is that it's not so much he's saying well i you know 
you're right, Saul, and I've never been in a battle. He's saying that a God that can help him or give him the strength and the courage to defeat wild animals, it's the same God that can make him defeat, you know, the Philistine, the, the, the giant, Goliath. So a way of appropriating faith or dealing with faith or understanding faith that we don't have to actually apply tit for tat, A for A, B for B, because with God, power, the size of the issue, the size of the confrontation, the size of the problem, the size of the obstacle, the size of the impediment, the size of the medical condition or whatever it might be, the seriousness of it, even though everybody else may be afraid, has nothing to do with the power of God and believing in the power of God. Even in the small things, you can apply the power of God to big things because it's coming from God. And that's a unique lesson that we uh, will be sharing more of even next week. Next week, continue reading uh, chapter 17 and chapter 18 uh, of uh, 1 Samuel. And we're going to go through this confrontation that um, uh, David has with Goliath. A well-known story, but we're going to go a little bit more into it than we normally uh, did in Sunday school and so forth on and so forth. Because we are looking at the working and the power of having faith in God. And the contrast between the challenges that we may have and even though our experiences with God is limited, so to speak, in faith, it doesn't uh, it doesn't stop it from uh, overcoming overcoming great challenges. So faith, as Jesus was put it, is very very relative. Uh, um, it, it, it doesn't matter, it could be as small as a mustard seed, it can still move mountains. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Now it's time for 